Thanks for listening to the Faith Radio podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. I'm Carmen LeBurge. I hope you enjoy. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Well, welcome back to this Good Friday edition of Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for including me in your day today. Um, We're spending time reflecting on some of the um, songs that are traditionally sung on Good Friday during services and inviting you to reflect upon those with me. So um, here, let's look at were you there? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when God raised him from the dead? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there? Were you there? I wonder where you see yourself in the context of the unfolding drama of Good Friday. I certainly see myself in the condemning crowd. I hate to admit it, I hate to admit it, but I see myself in the crowd. I would love to say, oh, no, I would be one of the very few women who stayed with him right there all the way to the bitter end, Uh, you know, that I was there at the foot of the cross, that I didn't, like everyone else, um, take off and look for a good place to hide or a way to just blend into the crowd. Where do you see yourself? Are you Peter? Are you John? Are you Mary? Where are you in the Good Friday story? If you're a part of the power structure of the day today, would you have been a part of the power structure of the day back then? And if so, you were a person of influence and power and using that to bring Jesus down. If you are a person who feels like you're under the thumb of an authority that is stronger than you, maybe that limits your ability to do all the things that you want to do in this life, then you are like the Jews of the days in which Jesus lived. And they were the ones calling for him to be crucified. Were you there? Were you like Simon of Cyrene, who was just in town to make a visit? like on a pilgrimage and got lassoed into the big scene. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? And then were you there when God raised him Easter morn? I wonder if it causes you to tremble, tremble, tremble today when you consider the cross of Jesus Christ. We're going to continue our Good Friday considerations, but we are going to take time to talk with our friend Paul Acey from Focus on the Family's Plugged In, and we're going to consider some movies that depict the life of Jesus and give you some thoughts on what you might watch this weekend if you're 
looking for a way to consider the story of the cross and the character of Jesus Christ and do so through uh, through film. So that's up next on this special edition of Mornings with Carmen on this Good Friday. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Joining us today, Paul Acey from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. You can check out lots of resources related to what we're talking about today, but also tons of other great stuff at PluggedIn.com. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Carmen. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so on this Good Friday, lots of people are going to have, um, you know, they're going to have some time. I'm certainly hoping they're carving out time to reflect with the Lord and spend um, some one-on-one time with Him. But it might also be a weekend that people have time um, to watch a show or two. So I thought maybe we could talk about some of the best movies that depict the life of Jesus. Maybe, and then also some bad ones. <laughs> and there are plenty of those as well. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you so know, it is... what leads, like, is there something that, like, leads your list personally? So, I mean, personally... You know what? I'm going to go back to one of the all-time classics for me. When when I think about Jesus, I <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. When I when I think about Jesus in the movies, I actually think about Ben Hur, the the original yeah. 1959 yeah, Ben Hur starring Charlton Heston. Oh my goodness, what a great movie! And the thing that I love about it really is. You know, people think about the chariot scene and the and the ship fights and all that sort of stuff, and all that is great. Uh, but I loved how they depicted Jesus in this movie because they never show his face. You only right. see what people see in him. And for me, that's one of the most convincing portrayals of of, of Jesus you can have when you see how people react to him in the moment. Um, it's it's a really powerful movie. You know, they a lot of people will think 1959. Oh, it's going to be cheesy. It's not going to be great. It is a really finely done movie, and Charlton Heston, I think, is at his absolute best in this. It's a great. That is a great movie. I hadn't, um, I hadn't thought of that. Um, and we we have that movie, and we do love watching it. We also love. Um, the movie Risen, that's one of our favorites um, yeah. know, in terms of depicting Christ. I, I realize that goes, you know, past past the crucifixion to the other side of the resurrection, but that's one of my favorites as well. You know what? I, and, and it is one of mine absolute favorites. I think the thing that I love about Risen is that it's sort of, it, it doesn't feel like your typical sanctified, uh, you know, Good Friday Easter story. It, it really takes the shape of this, this adventure detective story, right? This, this, this Roman legionary is trying to figure out what became of this guy who was just crucified? Where did he go? Uh, you know, just to just to to figure out it's it really does take the shape of of just sort of this this, you know, detective story, which I love. Um, 
And when you look at Jesus in this, the the thing that I love about it is that number one, you you do see him on the cross. You see him suffering. You see uh, it can be really really bloody and hard to watch actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But post resurrection. When our Roman soldier sees him for the first time, he's just hanging out with a group of friends. And when you first look into that room, you can't spot Jesus. He is one of many people. And I kind of love that because at first, it really sort of emphasizes his humanity, right? He is He was one of us. And then when you notice him, you can't look away. He is there. Mm. It, 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 I don't quite know how they did that <laughs> cinematically, but they do a really effective job with that. We're talking with Paul AC from Focus on the Families Plugged In about some movies that you might um, choose to get back in touch with. Many of them are actually fairly old. Um, so on this Good Friday or on this Easter weekend or headed into the season of Easter, maybe you know consider watching Ben-Hur or Risen my guess is, Paul, that for some people, the movie that came to mind, whether they've actually seen it or not, um, is The Passion of the Christ um, or maybe The Greatest Story Ever Told. So those two, yeah. I'm betting, uh, top top the list for a lot of people. I think they really do. And they're both very, very effective stories. I think The Passion of the Christ obviously is one of the, the biggest moneymakers of all time. It was I think we were talking last week actually about sort of this this resurgence in Christian film. Mm-hmm. You can actually sort of trace that all the way back to Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. It it made something like six hundred million dollars at the box office. It was it was at the time the biggest R-rated movie ever made. And it it's a fantastic portrayal of Jesus. You know, the the blood and the horror of the crucifixion is what gets the most press. But when I think about that movie, there's this beautiful little scene just right in the middle of it where Jesus, played by Jim Caviezel, is talking with his mother. Uh, they're talking just about the the work that he's doing on a table and that chairs are going to be the next big thing. And it's just this beautiful human moment that that brings a little humanity into into what is otherwise a very, very difficult film to watch. Uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told is certainly one of the all-time classics. Another movie that I might point you to, and this is a challenging one, but The Gospel According to St. Matthew. It was made in 1964. But for many people, this is like the quintessential uh, Jesus movie. It was actually, it's actually an Italian movie. Uh, The guy who directed it, Pasolini, I think is his name. He was a Marxist uh, and he didn't necessarily, he wasn't that devout, but for some reason, uh, the power within this movie has attracted a lot of people. It's, It's actually quite, quite devout. Uh, it is somewhat political in some ways. It leans on on sort of that 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 sense of of Jesus ministering to the poor, uh, but it's a powerful, powerful movie that that if you haven't seen it, it might be worth checking out. All right, there's people uh, texting in the Visual Bible, the Miracle Maker, um, which is you know definitely suitable for watching with your kids. Maybe you've got uh, a movie that you'd like um, to put on the list today. You can text me at 877-933-2484. More with Paul Acey from Focus on the Families Plugged In up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand no matter where you go. Download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today. Sing 
conversation now with Paul Acey from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. We're talking about movies that represent or depict the life of Christ that um, might be on your list for this Good Friday or this Easter weekend, Um, movies that get you in touch with the character of Christ. Um, Paul, maybe we also pivot to movie characters that make us think of Christ. This um, This is something on the Plugged In blog uh, that you've got as well. You know, this is sort of one of the things that I really enjoy about my job. You know, I watch movies all the time and and because of because of who I am and what I do, I tend to look for sometimes some strange connections between uh the movies that I watch and the faith that I embrace. Um, you know, and, and so you see quite a few when when I'm watching movies, I, I tend to look how my faith is is sometimes reflected in those movies. Sometimes it can be really, really explicit. Right. The one of the one of the movies that I mentioned in this blog and essentially it's talking about Christ figures in movies. Uh, there are many, many, many Christ figures in movies, but I, I sort of brought the list down to five for this time. Um one of the biggest and most obvious is really Aslan. When you talk about the mm. the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, that is was explicitly written as as a Christ like figure. And uh, of course, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which shows Aslan sacrificing himself, this big lion sacrificing himself uh, to to appease what he calls this deep magic, uh, and then is resurrected because of a deeper magic still. Uh, it, it is really resonant with uh, with the Easter story, um, and obviously C.S. Lewis intended it. Going into one of uh, one of the works by by C.S. Lewis's friends J.R.R. Tolkien, when you look at Lord of the Rings, there are Christ figures all over that. But but in this particular um, blog, I just sort of outlined Gandalf. You know, Gandalf the mm. wizard. He, uh, as you can see from the Rings of Power on on Amazon Prime. Uh, he's this figure who comes down to earth, essentially, sort of an angelic being, as you would. In the movies, Peter Jackson movies, you can see that he's he's completely human. He he has these these superpowers, but he's sort of disguised, if you will, as this old man. Uh, but when he faces the Balrog, this big fiery beast in the in the in the mines of Moria, uh, you can see truly he almost unveils himself as to be what he is. He fights the Balrog, who is this creature from the depths. Uh, he defeats him, and yet he's pulled down uh, into this into this chasm. And uh, it, it's sort of this really, really poignant sacrifice if you never watch the second movie where we find out that he comes back. So that's a that's one of the more explicit Christ figures in in Lord of the Rings, but there are others as well. All right, tell us about some. Well, let me tell you. So you have uh you have obviously Aragorn, he's the king uh of he's sort of the returning king in uh, this realm of Middle-earth. Uh mm. and so that of course comes very it's very pregnant with meaning in, in Tolkien's world. He was never a big one for tit-for-tat allegory, but he mm-hmm. does have these these seeds of, of his own faith within these characters. And then you've got Frodo Baggins as well. 
You know, mm-hmm. he carries essentially this ring, who, which I really see uh, the ring could stand for a lot of different things. But it's this powerful ring that was worn by Sauron, the big bad guy in the movie. Uh, it falls into Frodo's hands and he has to destroy it uh, by climbing up Mount Doom. It's a huge, huge quest, obviously. But the ring gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And you could see the ring as sort of this, uh, almost like the sins of the world, you know, and, and Frodo is carrying that ring. Uh, the burden of it is so strong, uh, but he has to carry up the ring uh, and ultimately sacrifice himself in a way uh, for the good of the rest of, of this land called Middle Earth. Yeah, and I really like, I appreciate that there are more than one Christ figure. Like, it, we can live as Christ. Um, it, none of these characters are Christ, um, but several characters have attributes, demonstrate attributes of Christ. Um, folks are texting in. Somebody wants to know about um, Chance, who plays the gardener in Being There. It's a 1979 film. I guess Peter Sellers plays the role of Chance. They feel like that's a good one. Um, my question was going to be about, I mean, well, because we should talk about like Superman. That feels like a Christ character for sure. That's one of the ones that you talk about um, in this blog post on Plugged In. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Superman actually was always, I think he was always written as sort of like this messiah-like figure. He, the, mm. the the folks who who created him at first, they they were they were two Jewish kids essentially who who uh were sort of manifesting uh kind of kind of those the the messiah that they they expected would come. Uh his mm. given name on Krypton, you know, Superman comes from this planet called Krypton. There he was known as Kal-El which in Hebrew translates to the voice of God. Uh, so you can see this, this representation, this, this man-like being only much, much, much better who comes to earth to save the world and set an example for us all. Um, mm. You know, when you look at the most recent Superman movies, uh, I'm thinking about the Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Those were not, in my opinion, really great movies. Uh, but one one thing that, that director Zack Snyder really did was push into some of those messianic uh, echoes within Christianity, and, and, and those can become really powerful. At the, end of, uh, at the end of that Dawn of Justice movie, Superman sacrifices himself to save again the world, uh, and when you see him lying lifeless— uh, and Batman and Wonder Woman comes in and they're they're sort of mourning the death of this great hero. You even see a cross in the background. So clearly uh, some of that symbolism was very, very intentional. All right. And then for a lot of people, Day the Earth Stood Still, um, there's a character in there that is sort of clearly messianic. Yes, yes. Klaatu, he, again, a little like Superman, it's a great segue. <laughs> he comes He comes from a distant planet down to Earth to save us, to warn us, really, of what would be our sins. You know, talking a little bit about our aggression, it was made in 1951. So, obviously, nuclear war, uh, the Cold War was very much on everybody's mind. And and Klaatu, this, this alien, comes down to Earth to kind of warn us that we might not have very long to to kind of 
kick around on the world because we might destroy ourselves. Um, he decides that he wants to learn a little bit more about humanity, and so he disguises himself and calls himself, and I think this is pretty telling, Mr. Carpenter. Uh, mm-hmm. He, I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but but there is he does even push in strongly into the Good Friday, the Easter story as well. Yeah, Great on that movie. one though, we we want to direct people to the 1951 version. They might bypass the 2008 version. Yeah, yep, that's yep. a that's the a good, good time to go to. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, Paul, thank you, thank you so much. Um, blessed Good Friday, in anticipation of a very happy Easter. Um, what what movie do you see um, as having like a messianic archetype, a uh, messianic character or figure in it? Or your favorite movie actually depicting Christ? You can text me at 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. We spoke on Tuesday with Dan DeWitt about Christian rapper um, Joyner Lucas and his song, The Devil's Work. If you missed that, you can always grab it as a podcast at MyFaithRadio.com, or you can download the Faith Radio app. Just text the word APP, A-P-P, to 877-933-2484. You should be subscribed to Mornings with Carmen wherever you get your podcast, so you can also just listen back to um, the Tuesday episode when we talked with Dan DeWitt. We shared then that we'd be talking today with uh, K.B. Burgess about his book, Dangerous Jesus. Uh, K.B. is also a Christian who is uh, operates in the world of rap and hip-hop. Um, I think he is unusually uh, gifted at being able to bridge what sometimes feels like a, an unbridgeable divide between urban Christianity and the experience of many of us living in suburban or rural America today. So KB shares his testimony. He invites us to consider whether or not we're really getting Jesus right and also consider the risk of getting Jesus wrong. So stay tuned for my conversation with Kevin KB Burgess about dangerous Jesus. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. A.B. Burgess, if you listen to Christian hip-hop, that is a name you already know. He is an artist. Um, He is a missionary, a poet. Um, He is committed to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He spends time guest preaching at his home church in Tampa, Florida. He's a Dove Award winner. He's got all kinds of chart-topping music to his credit, and he says of himself um, that uh, his, his greatest joys in life are being a husband and a dad. Um, welcoming KB Burgess to Mornings with Carmen. KB, welcome. Ah, thank you so much. And uh, the intro was very encouraging. Well, you, um, I already like you a lot. Uh, I've been listening to your music, and um, I'll just go ahead and tell you the parts of it that I can understand. I resonate <laughs> with. 
but I don't listen fast enough, nor do I necessarily understand all the things you're pointing to, but I recognize that that's always true in art. Yes, this is true. Yeah, that is very much true. And uh, yeah, art is the culmination and intersection of cultures and experiences. And then in rap, you have the most heavy laden uh, vocabs of any other genre. So there's a whole lot to take in in hip hop. So I understand. I know. Yeah. People who think I talk fast, it's just because they haven't heard people like you. <laughs> That's right. One hundred percent. All right. Um, we are going to get to your book, Dangerous Jesus, Why the Only Thing More Risky Than Getting Jesus Right is Getting Jesus Wrong. Um, I have watched on your um, on your Instagram this uh, this piece. I wrote this for you um, on this mm-hmm. Jesus is dangerous. And I'm wondering if you can kind of tell us that story that I wrote this for you story. Yes. Excellent question. So uh, I am uh, almost 20 years into the faith right now. I've, I've I trusted Jesus when I was 16. Um, and I have watched over the years what feels like uh, a, a surge, um, particularly in the last five years, a surge of people I started this, this race with uh, walk away from Jesus. Uh, I've seen a surge of people that I have been in the trenches with uh, experiencing faith faltering, uh, sort of near shipwreck kind of experiences as they have been embattled in many of their churches. And then I'm also seeing an emerging generation uh, of young people who are not impressed with Jesus. In fact, uh, studies are showing that they've been turned off to Jesus, uh, largely given the way people who have claimed Jesus have behaved. Uh, with that being, th- there being a a sort of spiritual crisis in the land right now. Um, I take great confidence that uh, it is the fact that Jesus is not seen as he should be seen and and known as he should be known uh, that uh, sort of solidifies people's um, kind of falling away. Uh, but the the good news is that if Jesus is seen for who he is, and we know him for what he does, experience him as he does what he does uh, in our lives, in our churches, in our communities, in our societies, then revival is inevitable. And um, I wanted to write a book to reframe, recast, uh, and bring people to the feet of the Jesus of the Bible in contrast to the kind of misrepresentations of Jesus that have paraded around in his name um, that somehow dry, uh, that that oftentimes drive people away. So that's what I wrote this book to do: to give you the pure, peaceable Christianity of Christ that is mighty to save and restore. The book is Dangerous Jesus, um, and we're going to talk more about it in just a minute. But KB, you you started um, to walk there into the story of your own coming to faith. Um, you um, you were born in uh, in the greater Tampa Bay area. Um, uh-huh. I I grew up there. Um, yeah, and as yeah. Soon as, uh, yeah. But as soon as I tell you, as soon as I tell you that I grew up in South Tampa and I went to Plant High School, you're okay. gonna immediate, you're gonna know things about me, right? Um, <laughs> and that that are gonna be really really different than um, than the stories you're probably about to tell about where you grew up. And so um, just know that, like, know that going in, tell us your, your story. Like you don't come by the faith because you grew up in some 
you know, in some privileged uh, neighborhood where everybody sure. was a Christian. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I um, uh, and, and first of all, God bless you, my my uh, fellow Tampa uh Tam- Tampa alien I know um, I'm gonna send you over to see my parents just I'm warning you in advance because they're they're in a condo <laughs> they're in a condo on the Bay Shore and you're so much closer okay. than I am yeah okay so they're set, they're they're like quintessential <laughs> they're set up. South Tampa no, okay. no I'm telling you they're set up man yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so I'm from South Side St. Petersburg another South Side of the city but very different from South South Side Tampa uh, but I, I I did grow up in what would be considered Christian culture meaning uh, black culture is often it is churches is kind of uh, inherent to what it means to just grow up in that environment. Um, mm. But I, I did uh, find myself uh, like a lot of people just unimpressed, uh, bored. Um, I didn't see the relevance of Jesus. It seemed to be in some ways uh, the thing that was uh, just distracting uh my people from what they really should be caring about. I, I didn't see the utility of God, particularly as people are suffering, suffering around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I, I turned 16, uh, me trying to be my own savior, leader of my own life, uh, being confident in my own ability to control my surrounding uh, left me empty. It left me uh, without answers. It left me needing someone outside of me to rescue me. And uh, and by God's grace, somebody gave me a Christian hip hop CD right when I needed it at a, at a very dark time in my life. Uh, and in that Christian hip hop CD, there was a gospel presentation. Uh, it was eight songs. The last song was just the artist preaching over a beat. Um, and he led me through this prayer and I trusted Jesus at my grandmother's house. He made the connection this is why Jesus matters. This is why God matters. And God isn't canceled by my suffering. Um, God, oh my goodness, praise the Lord. God is not canceled by my suffering. God becomes most necessary because I'm suffering. And when I saw that in the cross and I saw that in, 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 in I saw Jesus who resonates with me in my small, weak, and sort of suffering status, he went through that for me and brings purpose to my situation. I turned from, I couldn't, I always dreamed of leaving the South side. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I didn't want to go to sleep, listening to gunshots and stuff like that. And I remember that there being a a change in my heart. When I trusted Jesus, I became grateful for the South side. I wanted to stay. I, 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 was happy to see the redemption and hope that came alive in me start to uh, basically be um, viral with the individuals around me. And uh, and I did that for many years by God's grace. So that's that. sort of my coming to. And uh, Jesus was, you know, he gets the glory in it all. Hey, if you're listening right now, um, the book is really for you um, because it is a, a wonderful, wonderful um exciting, exhilarating invitation to get beyond the caricatures of Jesus and actually encounter who he really is. The book is Dangerous Jesus. But let me say this. If you are hearing KB's testimony and you're like, you know what? What I need is a Christian hip hop CD to put in the hands of a kid that I don't know how to talk to and I don't Mm. know how to communicate the gospel to him. Um, Then go get His Glory Alone. It's, uh, Mm. It's KB's newest album, 
I mean, you could you could put one of his CDs in any kid's hands, and you're going to say to yourself, "Kids don't listen to CDs anymore. They'll find a way. They'll they'll find a way. Yeah. If you get a CD, the kids will find a way uh, to listen to it." Um, so we're going to continue our conversation with KB Burgess here in just a moment. You can connect with him directly at whoiskb.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. People don't care you keep Christ in your Christmas if they cannot see that there's Christ in the Christian. You do the division, now give me some difference. The spirit of trolling is great, so I give them Paul, no longer the Continuing our conversation now with KB Burgess. He's a rapper. He's an author. The book we're talking about today, Dangerous Jesus, Why the Only Thing More Risky uh, Than Getting Jesus Right is Getting Jesus Wrong. But you should also connect with KB um, over his music, which is an incredible, incredible ministry. Um, let's KB, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the way that um, ministry, mission is accomplished. The gospel is communicated um, through all kinds of means and mediums. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love, um, I love that God has allowed me to uh, be sort of born into hip hop culture and then use hip hop as a means uh, to introduce people to uh, the, the truth of, of God's word and the truth of uh, God's world. I love that uh, the point of hip hop when done well is to bring a, a kind of beauty, uh, kind of poetry to words. Where, where you're bending syllables, you're you're making word pictures, you're, you're using analogies, metaphors, that kind of thing. Um, so it allows you to tell stories. And what we have to remember is that fundamentally, our God is a storyteller. Um, mm -hmm. The idea of narrative and bringing people into experiences through symbols and um, uh, deeper meaning, double meanings. Uh, uh, the, 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 the psalmist says that, that every day the earth is pouring out speech, telling a story about the glory of God. Um, and if we are to be good missionaries effective in what we do we want to be storytellers we want our lives to tell the story and our work to tell a story and i think that hip-hop is just near perfect for that kind of thing so in our music particularly in christian hip-hop we're getting to take the culmination of the thing that god loves to do storytell and then we get to do that about jesus and that there's no there's no question why, um, you know, the, the the Lord is ushering in people into the kingdom of God through what we do, including myself. I'm here because of that. And then in, in the in, and just I'll say this last thing, because the bigger the the, the kind of bigger story here, the meta narrative here is that hip hop in general does that. So hip hop is the most popular genre on the planet. 
um, of all genres, the, the most streamed, the most consumed is hip hop. And it's because that very thing, it's this is a powerful tool, maybe among the most powerful tools for communicating a, an idea, a story, an experience to a people, to, to the world. Um, and uh, I see gods, we call them Jehovah sneaky, that Jehovah is good at taking uh, what the world would use for one thing and be very effective at it and use it for something else that brings him glory. KB, um, if I uh, if I were to come to Tampa and we were to meet up to share a meal, where would you recommend we do that? Ooh, good question. I would probably take you to Ulele. So Ulele is a uh, it, it's it's a, a a Native American fusion restaurant uh, that helps you feel pretty much all of Tampa. So there's 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 Latin um, kind of influences influences there. There's classic American uh, cuisine. There's Native American influence there. Uh, it feels like Tampa and it's on the Riverwalk, which is this oh, river nice. that runs through Tampa and goes right into the bay. I'd take you to you, Layla. All right. I might have to go to the old Columbia. We might. Ooh, you, I love Columbia. Because that salad that, I don't know, it's got a date uh, associated with it. That salad, I don't know. I can taste it right now from, you know, hundreds of miles away and, and 10 years. <laughs> like, right. Something and, and Cuban bread. Let me just tell you, you can't get real Cuban bread anywhere in the country except Tampa and points south. It, I just yeah, let me, yeah, I'm sure. just letting you know. I, yeah, right. It's it just true. doesn't exist. Yeah, it's I true. That. Um, you talk about your greatest joys being a husband and a dad. So yeah. um, maybe let's just celebrate that for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I I grew up um, uh, with a, a kind of interesting family dynamic. Um, I end up having um, uh, being adopted um, when I was probably uh, nine or 10, um, where I got the last name, uh, of my mother's second husband. And, um, I, I grew, uh, through, through life. I, I started to resent that last name. I used to resent the last name Burgess, uh, because of what I thought it represented. Um, even in my Christian walk, I, I had thoughts of changing my last name to something that felt fresh and anew. Uh, and I felt like God reminded me uh, that he can often do more uh, with broken things in redemption than taking something that was perfect and didn't need redemption. And uh, so when I say my greatest joy, I'm not saying that for, for, for PR or to seem likable to folks. Uh, I love more than anything that moving forward, what runs through my house and takes on my last name is going to mean something for the future that will redeem what happened in the past. My boys will be different. My, my, the way that my wife is taken care of and loved and served and listened to, uh, it will be different here. Uh, redemption will have the last word. And that is my greatest joy. And I get to do that most brilliantly as a father and as, as a husband. Amen. Um, you know, some passages of scripture that come to mind, even just as you're testifying to that, you know, Jesus acknowledging, I didn't come, you know, for the healthy, they don't need a doctor. Um, I came right, for the sick. Right. I came for those who were right. broken. And then um, KB, one of the things that we've been talking about here is, you know, is legacy. And, they, you know, we live as like recipients of generational sin and brokenness. 
Um, yeah. But we get to we get to choose like, OK, three or four generations from now, is there going to be a legacy of sin and brokenness um, or is Ooh. there going to be a legacy of faith and faithfulness? And, yeah. you know, God promises, right, the blessings to a thousandth generations of those yeah. who love him. And so, man, to a thousand generations of the Burgesses, right, from this point forward, like that's so redemptive. That's beautiful. I love it. You'll make me cry. Mm. (laughs) Well, um, I love you already. I hope you'll come back. Yes, of course. Thank you all All for having me. Hey, let's um, let's meet up at Eulalie. That sounds amazing. Let's do it. I got you. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love that. I love that. All right. KB Burgess. You guys need to visit with him directly. Whoiskb.com. The book you're looking for, Dangerous Jesus, Why the Only Thing More Risky Than Getting Jesus Right is Getting Jesus Wrong. And of course, grab some of his music and share it um, with somebody in an emerging generation that um, that needs to know the Lord. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. So I cherish the My trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown One of my grandmother, Robina's um, absolutely favorite hymns of all time, the one that she hummed almost incessantly, was the old rugged cross. And so it is one that I find um, really integral to my own spiritual uh, experience on Good Friday. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I, I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. I want to pause there for just a moment. Does the cross have a wondrous attraction for you? Are you drawn to it? When you when you see it in the outline of of something in nature or something um you know in architecture or you see you see clouds form a cross in the sky or um or you just see the sign of the cross in something that you know the artist maybe didn't even intend and you see the artist behind the art. Does it have a wondrous attraction for you? Do you recognize that the world despises the one who died there? Do you, do you feel it in your bones? I do. I do. That old rugged cross stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. To that old rugged cross I will ever be true. 
its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me some day to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. I want people to be drawn to the cross today because the one who died upon the cross is the way that we get to live together happily ever after. Like the cross is wondrously, horrifically beautiful because of what Christ accomplished there and the way that he makes for us unto salvation. So come to the cross today. Consider it anew and consider the one who died there for you. Have a great day and God bless. I'm Carmen LaBurge. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Remember, it's your prayerful and faithful financial support that makes both the live show and the podcast available. Make your gift at MyFaithRadio.com.